and welcome to the Miles to Memories podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host, joined this week by my co-hosts Joe Chung and Mark Osterman. We're happy to have you back with the show. This week, we're going to talk about a few different things, including a brand new Chase United business card with a 100,000 point bonus offer, the death of an old school loyalty program promotion, RIP point breaks, more shutdowns coming this time from Uber, our rapid fires, and a lot more. If you've been enjoying the show, please consider subscribing. You can find all of the links to subscribe at mtmpodcast.com. We support all of the podcast apps and platforms. All of the links are at mtmpodcast.com. And if you have been enjoying the show, please tell a friend. Let others know about the Miles to Memories podcast. It's our best way to reach more people. Thanks so much for listening. Let's hit it. All right. Well, hey, Mark, uh, I know you're still uh, riding high, getting ready for your Cathay Pacific flight, I see, which is coming up. Well, like the day after this this episode comes out, you finally ready? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm a little nervous because I got to fly into uh, LaGuardia and then do a transfer over to JFK, and then. But I did it. I booked it early enough that if there are issues, I have some leeway time. So that's the only thing I'm a little bit nervous about. I just want to make sure I don't miss it, and I want to check out the lounges and stuff at, at JFK. You know, get in the the secret bridge suite area or American First Dining, something like that. Check that stuff out. So. Now, this bridge area, you have me all confused about this. This is just part of the um, the flagship First Lounge, right? I believe I yeah. walked through there. But you have me thinking that it was some sort of a thing, but well, it is just a kind of bridge. It kind of bridges two different areas of the lounge, right? And has its own food and stuff. Yeah, I think it used to be like the old Admirals Club, but they've moved that. So normally when you walk in and you go, you're going to... Um, the lounge you go up and to the left but if you go up to the right there's this like bridge area i guess that looks really cool like has a tropical feel to it like a bar it has its own food and i guess there's like usually only like five people in there or something so that's definitely what i'm looking forward to i might check out what is it like the twa hotel at jfk i might walk through that if i get there early enough just to take a look at the lobby and stuff that's outside terminal four i think which is the JetBlue terminal so yeah you just gotta go between terminals but uh the air train's easy enough I, I'm sad I actually flew home from JFK. This is my first time, I think, in four episodes that I've actually been recording from home. I was so sad I didn't have time to Baller. check out. Yeah. Yeah, not sitting in a hotel room late at night recording this time, just sitting in my office, which is a little different. But I'm sad I got to miss the TWA Hotel last week. Hopefully, I'll get to see it soon. Have you checked out the TWA Hotel, Joe? No, I haven't. Mark, I got one Cathay tip for you, and that is if you feel like you need anything, press your call button. Uh, I think this goes for business as well. You know, that's just kind of how the culture is. I think any flight on Cathay I've been up front, like that's the way, like they're not going to come through and ask you if you need anything except for like during meal service. So if you feel like you want anything, want an extra ice cream or something, hit that call button, you know, take advantage of it. You got like what, a six hour first class flight? You got to live it up, man. That's that's a good tip because you know, you're used to uh, more of American culture or whatever. They just come up to you and, and kind of pest you. And I would assume, you know, Asian culture is more they don't want to bother you. So you have to ask for it. So that's a great tip. I'll definitely uh, push the button. <laughs> well, Singapore yeah. is interesting. Like Singapore Airlines, they're very much over the top with their service and kind of on top of you. So I don't know. I think it just sort of varies by region. But you're right, Joe. And Cafe, they are very standoffish but like if you're in first class and you hit that button they're usually there in like 10 seconds it's sort of crazy so they're definitely uh, giving great service even though they're not on top of you all the time i'm kind of hoping for like a maybe only one other person in the cabin or an empty cabin i think there there was two seats when i first looked at it and then there was one when i went to book it so i'm guessing there's at least one other person but i guess we'll see want to get extra spoiled <laughs> <laughs> was the cabins what six seats yeah, yeah six seats three seats per row 
Which seat are you in? 1A, in, right? Yeah, I'm in 1A. That's, that's the best that. seat, yeah. That's the best one. Is that the right. one like just with a single row or a single aisle? I think 2A is actually the best seat there because you don't have anybody walking past you. 2A has to walk by 1A, but both of those seats on the left side of the plane have that uh, private aisle, whereas the seats uh, that open up to the right aisle on the plane, four seats share the same aisle. So I guess it's like the getting stuck, you know, in the other seats is like a first world problem. (laughs) If you're like, I got stuck in the seat where I have to share an aisle with three other people. I was trying to book in the second row, but all that was filled up besides the middle seat, which I didn't want to mess around with so no one a is awesome you're gonna love it yeah i flew back uh like i said i flew back from from new york earlier this week or last week i guess i got i finally got a chance to try out american airlines new first class product their oasis reconfiguration that they're doing on their look um, like spirit (laughs) yeah it was really tight like it's it's i was in first class i actually was able to utilize my new executive platinum status that I was gifted from Hyatt and American Airlines. And I booked a last minute award home because I was originally supposed to go to Europe, but things changed. And I kind of strategically booked on flights that they had a lot of open first class seats. And I booked the flight and within like an hour, my upgrade cleared. So it was great to be able to get an upgrade on an award. But yeah, these new seats are very, uh, even in the first class, they're very sort of uh, (laughs) sparse, I would say, as far as the padding goes. They're not the most comfortable. And the leg room certainly has been cut by a few inches. Uh, like I'm six foot two and my knees almost touched the first class seat in front of me, which is not something I've experienced before. So overall, you know, not great. Still definitely better than flying in the back. And the service on my flight from uh, JFK to Phoenix was among the best I've ever had on American Airlines. Flights were on time and everything just went great when it comes to that. So I can't really complain about it at all. I mean, true story. Sean posted the pictures of his seat uh, on Slack, and I thought he was sitting in uh, Economy Plus or whatever A calls it, main cabin extra. You know, I didn't realize yeah. they were first class seats. Yeah, they, yeah, don't they were look- super thin, super super thin. Like like the they look like spirit seats to me. Like how it's thin padding, thin back, like not fully not puffy in any way. It was kind of terrible looking. <laughs> Yeah, there's definitely nothing special about them, nothing that feels premium about them. And they've removed the bulkhead between first class and economy, which just creates a little bit more noise. I mean, I I know a lot of people have a huge issue with that. I don't really, but you do notice the noise difference. But I mean, overall, like I said, it got they got me there on time. I was able to have plenty of or I guess more space than I would have in the back. And uh, the service was good. So I can't complain uh, about that so far. So good with my executive platinum status. And in Phoenix, I was actually able, I, I had a run over there, uh, but I was able to check out the new Centurion Lounge, which opened up about a week or two ago. It's interesting. It actually shares a space with the Escape Lounge. Um, they both share an entrance, and then part of both the lounges open up to this room that's a flex room. So depending on which lounge is busier, they'll actually close it off to one lounge and open it up to the other. And uh, when I was there, it was open to the Centurion Lounge, so I was able to to see it. So it's interesting concept. And the lounge kind of will remind you of any other Centurion lounge. It's not huge, so it's going to fill up, I think, but a lot of people still don't know about it. So if you're passing through Phoenix, it's a good option, I suppose. And I think with a Platinum card, you also get access to the Escape Lounge, too, if you want to see the Escape Lounge side of it. I didn't have time for that. But are you guys excited for uh, all these new Centurion lounges? I'm kind of over the whole Centurion lounge. I've been over it for a few years now. I mean, they're still nice. The food's not anywhere near what it was when they were when they first open and they're so crowded that I, I, if they, I, if I have another option, I usually go the other option to be honest. 
Yeah, and I just don't frequent airports with Centurion lounges. I'm hopefully going to be in Vegas in March. So, you know, that's going to be my first chance to be in a Centurion lounge in you know, maybe two years. So um, if I ever find myself in Phoenix, I'd love to check it out. But, you know, it's just not been in the cards recently. Go to the club lounge in Vegas instead of Centurion. <laughs> right, Sean? Well, you can try both of them. That's the nice thing is they're really close together. And kind of everything in Vegas is fairly quick to get to. In Phoenix, where I landed on like the furthest A gates to where the lounge is in a section of the B gates, there's no like train to take you there. And there are some moving walkways, but it's still like a 15 minute walk. So that's sort of the drawback of Phoenix is that it's hard if you're landing far away and I actually had to take off by where I landed. So I had to make that walk all the way out there just to see it and then came all the way back. And, you know, I would have, I could have just gone right up to the Admiral's Club. So I don't know how convenient it is unless you're flying in and out of those gates, uh, whereas at some airports like like Las Vegas, it's a little easier to get to. But it's always nice to have another option. Uh, and I guess in that case, if you're a Platinum caller, you get two options because you can go to either the Escape Lounge or the Centurion Lounge, depending on which one is busier. I guess the flip side of that is they could have made one giant lounge, but they didn't. So you guys have anything else? Oh, housekeeping. Before we get into the to the main show, we talked a lot about Atlantis last week. I'm not going to rehash any of that, but... The full article, as I had talked about in the episode, is on the website and live if anybody wants to read the more detail of everything that happened and uh, <laughs> over 4,000 words uh, describing uh, that, that that wonderful stay. So That would be like your longest post ever, I would think. Yeah, I mean, it was, pretty, it was pretty long. It was pretty long. It was long. good, though. It was good. I, it was there's a it. big summary at the beginning, so if you haven't heard it, you can check out the summary, see if you're interested before you have to dive in and read all those words, but... Uh, definitely been popular. Lots and lots of people have read it this week. There's definitely a lot of interest in that. And something else I think we have a lot of interest in is that Chase launched uh, a brand new card this week, right, Mark? And it has the most uh, unique name of any card I have seen Chase launch <laughs> yeah. in the last week. The United Business Card. How special of a name right there. They really spent a lot of money on coming up with that one, almost as much as they spent on Bonvoy, I would imagine, but... It's going to, I think it's going to eventually replace the United Explorer business card, but they haven't totally pulled it back yet. And so you can still have both cards and it is considered a new product. So if you do have the old United business card, you can get the welcome offer for this one as well. So there's no family rules like with uh, Southwest or anything like that between the two business cards. The offer comes with 100,000 bonus miles after $10,000 in purchases in the first three months which is uh, a decent amount of spend, but you know they're, it's focused on businesses which have more spend than most. If you can swing the spend, that's, that's probably the most valuable bonus that Chase has right now. Definitely worthwhile. Uh, there's a couple of new features they added to the uh, business card. You're going to earn two times uh, local transit and commuting, uh, things like taxis, uh, tolls, rideshare, and all that type of stuff. If you carry a personal card and this United business card, you get a 5,000 uh bonus miles each year. So that's kind of a perk for carrying both. I don't know that you would because the perk kind of overlap. So, but if you do, then you get a little bonus for that. And also after you fly seven United flights where you purchased at a price of a hundred dollars or more, you get a hundred dollar annual United travel credit, which is kind of cool for frequent flyers. Definitely a great perk. Uh, And then 25% back on United in-flight purchases. So if you fly United often, I think this is a great card, probably the best United card you could get. Huge bonus, great perks, will pay for itself. I believe the annual fee is $99, which is only an increase of like 4 or $5, uh, $4 from the old card. So what do you guys think about it? 
I think that it's interesting they're trying to do some new stuff here by like offering bonus miles each if you have both the personal and the business card. So almost kind of a rebate on having both credit cards. Like you mentioned, the $100 credit after booking seven trips and even the high spend amount. They, they are definitely trying to get people who are already engaged with the brand and trying to get them even deeper into the brand. And yeah, I think it's you know a compelling offering. You're going to get two United Club passes each year too, which kind of adds a little bit more to the value that you're getting for that annual fee. But I mean, I guess the big highlight here is definitely the sign-up bonus. 100,000 United miles is still worth you know, a pretty significant amount of money, I'd say. Certainly can get you know one and three-quarter business class flights to Europe for that amount, or one and three-quarter way, I guess, almost a full round trip to Europe. That's sort of exciting. But you know, let's say you guys both have partners who are under 524. Is this a card that either of you would consider getting? I'm definitely thinking about it. You know, I think my biggest kind of hang up is I know I'm not sure if we talked about it here, but uh, I know Mark applied for the Chase Inc. preferred for his wife recently, and they just asked her for like a ton of stuff. And so since this is a business card, I'm worried like if I could apply for this for my wife and have no friction or not have to deal with anything, probably do it in a heartbeat. You know, this is probably the first time maybe since the Chase Sapphire Reserve that I'm like, oh, I kind of wish I personally was under 524. Um, you know, 100,000 United miles is just nothing to sneeze at, um, even with the big $10,000 spending. So I'll definitely put it on the list and think about it for my wife. But I'm kind of like, if I have to like submit any documents for her business or anything, I'm just probably not going to go through the hassle. So, you know, I think that's the only thing that would be holding me back. Otherwise, it would be like a slam dunk. And if you don't have a United card already, I do believe that this, uh, all the United cards open up more award space too. And so that's always something, if you don't have a United card and you get one, they tend to show you more availability on United flights. And that's something that I think makes, you know, generally in the past it made miles a little bit more valuable in, in the way that you can open, you can use them when you have a United card. So it's another thing to look at, but yeah, overall, I think that this is a pretty, pretty good offer if, if you can get it. And for some people, this card will have good long-term value for others. It'll have less value, but certainly that, that sign up bonus is pretty attractive. Uh, Mark, is this something you're going to eye or just the business requirements to, uh, too steep uh i'm tempted by it i am uh my wife drops back under 524 because she just grabbed the uh, sapphire preferred so she drops back under i think april 1st so and i think this offer ends april 2nd if i'm not mistaken um i could be off there so if it's still there i might be tempted to give it a stab but uh like joe said she got like a list of like 10 things they wanted us to send in and she just does a little side business where she sells uh, essential oils. So it wasn't really worth it, um, all the stuff they wanted. So that's why I just moved on to the uh, preferred. So I might give it a try if they play the same games. Then maybe I'll just grab a United personal card or something or or a Hyatt card or something like that. But yeah, 100,000 miles, I, I got to give it a try, I think. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Speaking, yeah, speaking of 100,000, I know me and Joe talked about the Radisson card. I tried to apply for myself last night and I got denied. Son of a... <laughs> so <laughs> I'll do a quick write-up. Yeah, I'll do a quick write-up on that. Uh, maybe we'll talk about it more next week uh, about what happened and why I got uh, denied. And before Mark even got denied, I I just looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, Joe, you cannot do this. So I ended up not applying for it. And now that I know Mark has been denied and yeah, next week you can tell us why. I'm glad that I didn't apply for it. So, you know, big market tease for next week's episode. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And just uh, Mark, you were right. It's April 2nd when the, the 100,000 offer expires on the United Business card. And uh, with that, we'll move on to the death of 
a promotion that has been around for as long as I can remember, IHG Rewards Point Breaks. So I, I know that we've talked a little bit off air about this. Joe, you had never booked the Point Breaks booking in the in the history of... Uh, 0.0. <laughs> and for those who people who don't know, Point Breaks for the longest time was every quarter, IHG would release a list of hotels that was only 5,000 points per night. And uh, generally, they would have a couple of good properties on there. Sometimes they would have intercontinentals or newer crown plazas. A lot of it ended up being, of course, Holiday Inn Expresses and Holiday Inns and Staybridge Suites, stuff like that. But in the past, they definitely had some good properties. And, you know, sometimes it would be properties in the off season. So where they had less demand, they would offer them for 5,000 points. And then over time, we noticed, you know, less and less good properties, less and less intercontinentals making the list. And uh, a couple of years ago, they they changed it to add three different tiers so that you could pay, uh, was it 5,000, 10,000 and 15,000 points per night? You know, a couple of years ago, it became not as good, but that kind of allowed them to charge a little bit more and they were offering nicer properties. But we just found out that this promotion, which I know has been going on for at least eight years, probably a lot longer than that. I think I, now... I think I saw somebody comment that's been going on since like 2008. So okay. long, long, long so time. 12 years. Yeah. It's now gone. Or at least IHG has said that they have no plans at this time to bring it back. So I guess at some point they could do it. But as far as the next quarter, the next announcement, it doesn't look like there will be any point breaks. And uh, Mark, I know you're heartbroken. Uh, what's your favorite point breaks stay that you ever <laughs> that you ever had? Was it heartbroken? Just- strong words. Now I know people uh, back in the day when it was when they used to have like intercontinentals for five thousand stuff. People would actually like set a timer and and try to book rooms right away and would uh, plan a whole trip around it and stuff. So that was kind of fun and it drew people into IHG. I never really got into that much. I'm more of a person that works around like I plan where I want to go and then I figure out what points to use when I get there. I don't really let the deals drive me. It's part of the reason I've never really done a um, a mistake fair or anything like that. But to be honest, the only time I've ever, really ever used it is to book local hotels for 5,000 points that are in the Detroit area that I could take my kids and we'd go swimming and stuff. So it was, it was, I always look forward to it in the winter when we're kind of like sick of being inside and it's cold out and we want to let the kids kind of just play and run around a bit. We'll take them to a place and, and uh, rent a room for 5,000 points and and let them swim in the pool for a couple hours and then go home pretty much. So we basically would just spend 5,000 points to use an indoor pool. So that was like the main use of it. I still enjoyed it each time, but it's gotten less and less valuable as they've increased the points. I, there was nothing for 5,000 points in Michigan in the last several years. So uh, not a big loss to me anymore. How about you, Sean? Did you ever have a big trip on, off of it? I used to like really look at that list uh, with excitement and then book some some of the better hotels and try to make them there. Um, the last few years, I haven't booked anything at all. And I was trying to think of what my most memorable hotel stay uh, with Point Breaks was. And I think it is at the Crown Plaza in Bucharest, Romania. We stayed for 5,000. This is in 2013. And uh, we stayed for 5,000 points a night. And the hotel itself wasn't like, I think they had two Crown Plazas in Bucharest. There was one in the center. And then there was one that was kind of in a business area on the outskirts of town. And of course, it was that one that we got to stay in. But it was like an old Soviet era hotel that had been renovated into a crown plaza. They upgraded us as platinum to an executive uh, room, which came with full breakfast. And they gave us because I was a platinum, they gave me a free rollaway bed for my son and they gave him free breakfast. And it was just they treated us like royalty on the outskirts of Bucharest. We had to walk by. They have their own uh, Arc de Triumph there. Basically, they have this area that looks like they've tried to make it look like Paris. 
And we had to walk by that every day. And yeah, it turned out it was kind of a, an adventure. I would have never stayed in that part of the city if it wasn't for that. So it was kind of an adventure. But uh, the last few years haven't been very good. And uh, maybe they'll revamp this. Maybe they'll bring it back and realize how popular it was and give it some new life. But it seems like these days, these loyalty programs are not being as nice with the promotions or in the way that they treat members. Even their Accelerate promotions have like just gone in the dumps. I haven't had a decent offer in years. Really quickly, the reason why I never booked it is just I kind of I do chase deals, but point breaks were never a deal that was good enough for me to chase. I would have loved to do the like Intercontinental Mendoza when they had that, but, you know, just didn't work out with the schedule. So, you know, other than that, I don't think I ever saw a points break that I really loved. But kind of what you're alluding to, Sean, with like these loyalty programs and uh, you too, Mark, with the Accelerate program not being as good lately, it is pretty interesting that last week or the week before, it's like 140,000 point bonus on the IHG credit card. Like it's the highest ever. And then boom, all of a sudden uh, you don't have point breaks anymore, which, you know, even even though I didn't use it, I know people got a lot of value out of it. And that's kind of a reminder to me that these companies in general, as much as we try to game them and come out on top, in the end, they have all the power, which I think we're going to be talking about next, right, Sean? Yeah, and I think we've talked about the American Airlines shutdowns and how they just lock people's accounts without communication. And uh, we've seen that happen with various uh, loyalty programs and retailers and stuff. And today the news came from just another program that's randomly uh, locking people's accounts, or I guess not so randomly. Uber is the bad actor today. I guess, uh, Mark, you can explain this a little bit more, but they're locking people's accounts uh, who have bought gift cards from third-party sources. But some people have even said their accounts were locked when they bought gift cards directly from Uber, right? Yeah, it's just kind of a hot mess. Uh, At first, we thought it was maybe discounted gift cards that you're buying from like Walmart or Amazon when they have sales. Um, But then people have said that they bought it directly from Uber and still had issues. So it's just kind of random too. Like I have a hundred dollars in gift card credit on my account and my account doesn't seem to be locked down right now, but some people had like a thousand dollars that they locked down. So I don't know if this was like a plan thing. It doesn't seem from what I've read and people have commented when they call in that people don't really seem to know what's going on or they want to verify certain things or asking for the last couple gift cards for the full digits and stuff to confirm. So I almost feel like it's maybe just like an error, like an IT issue that they're going to come back and give everybody a $20 credit and say, hey, sorry about this, whatever happened. But if it's a legit, like they thought people were gaming them with gift cards that they're selling everywhere, that's just, it's crazy. And a lawsuit's got to be coming down the pipeline off of that. But I don't know what else to say. It doesn't make any sense to me why they would do this without any communication, without any rhyme or reason. People aren't gaming the system when they're buying your gift cards that you're selling. But what do you guys think about it? Yeah, I mean... It seems like a huge overstep. I do think that I don't know if people have gamed the actual purchase of gift cards, but I do think that people have been able to game getting uh, gift card credit or whatever. Like, I'm not sure exactly um, how the mechanism works because I, I don't think it's use- like the the v- the visa credit or whatever that you can get from certain stores that you shop at. I think yeah, so I mean that, yeah. I mean, there's like maybe a, like a little bit of gaming, but when things like this happen, it just kind of reminds me. And Sean, we were talking off air, you know, that you've lost money from other companies that have like not honored their gift cards. But it just seems kind of messed up. Like, you know, you sell these gift cards and I'm sure people who have been loading gift cards like have been loading them at a discount and definitely have been coming out ahead. But to shut down accounts, like if this isn't a glitch, this is, again, kind of just like a major overreach by one of these companies um, and kind of concerning and 
I hate to be a broken record, but it just makes me like not trust companies uh, and their loyalty because in the end, you know, they have all the power. Yeah, there aren't a lot of consumer protections when it comes to this stuff. We had the CFPB for certain stuff with banks and stuff like that. But with loyalty programs, with uh, gift cards, which aren't considered cash, there really aren't a whole lot of protections. And we've seen it like Mark and I have lost money with the children's place where they you know, they got hacked and uh, their bad, their cards were going bad from various different places, but they didn't replace them. Um, I told you, Joe, about Home Depot, where they, you know, basically the card that I had in my physical possession got hacked and I had bought it at a different retailer with that other retailer's gift card. And so I did, wasn't able to charge back my credit card. And basically Home Depot said no, despite the fact that they knew it was used in a different store and that I didn't use it. And they could do that because of the terms of the way that these things are written. And until I guess somebody stands up and maybe there's going to be a big case that you know gives us some, some protections. But until then, be aware of the terms in any program that you're doing. If you're buying gift cards, be aware of the terms of those uh, in order to protect yourself and you know make sure a deal is good enough whether it be a discount on Uber gift cards or something else to deal with any potential headaches uh, down the line. And even though, I mean, this just seems sort of uh, ridiculous. Like you said, Mark, hopefully it's just a mistake. Yeah, I would also say don't buy any third-party gift cards for more than you can afford to lose because even uh, retailers like Kohl's or Amazon, for people that like loaded their Amazon account with gift cards, they've frozen their balance for like months on end and they've had to fight for it. And Kohl's just wipes balances out if they think that you might fraudulently have bought gift cards or if they think you're a reseller, they might just like confiscate your your um, what's left on your balance. And I know, uh, what was it, uh, Build-A-Bear did that to you, Sean? Yeah, I had Build-A-Bear do it to me. They, uh, I was buying some bears to resell and they took all the money off my gift cards and then they kept giving me for months and months and months hassle about putting the money back on the gift cards despite they had canceled uh, my order. So yeah, we've had that. Yeah, we've heard of Kohl's uh, doing it and we've heard of you know all these retailers. They are There is one issue is that there is a lot of fraud in this space. So there are people who are trying to do fraudulent things. You know, Some companies respond to it harsher than others. I also had a case with Wayfair where I had gift cards where they locked up. I was ordering something for myself and I had gift cards that I had personally purchased at, uh, at a grocery store at a discount and they held up my funds for like a month and a half before they would ship everything because they needed to go in and investigate every single transaction. Um, and again, I did buy all the cards myself, so I was safe. But had I not, had I bought them from somebody else, who knows what would have happened. So just a good reminder with gift cards, be careful with these loyalty programs. I'm not going to say they're out of control, but they certainly seem to have be exercising a lot more power than they ever have in taking stuff away from people. Yeah. And I think that's also another reminder, Sean, thanks to just kind of be organized when you are buying your gift cards. You know, I think that's one of the things that I kind of resolved to do better in 2020. Um, and so, you know, just keep your receipts, even if you just throw all the receipts from a given month or a given week into the same envelope. That way, when stuff like this happens, you can at least kind of track down, um, you know, exactly where things came from and hopefully protect yourself and get money back if possible. Yep. And uh, with that, that's enough Uber bashing. How about we bash Lyft for a second? Let's <laughs> yeah, segue. So, now this is segue this actually, we're, we're not partisan here, you know, <laughs> yeah, <equal time. laughs> we, we go after all the ride shares uh, apps uh, equally. No, I mean, we, uh, this will just be kind of a quick thing because we want to actually get feedback from, from listeners on this, but Lyft Pink is the new benefit for Sapphire Reserve card holders where you get a free year of Lyft Pink and it's supposed to give you among other benefits, 15% off Lyft rides. 
But we heard from some listeners and some reports that people who have Lyft Pink are seeing higher initial costs before the 15% discount. So in other words, Lyft is charging Lyft Pink people, uh, allegedly charging them more than people who don't have Lyft Pink. Is that right, Mark? Did I explain that correctly? Yeah, I've actually had a couple comments where they said their friend opened up the regular Lyft app and they opened up Lyft Pink. And even with the discount, Lyft Pink was more expensive or the same amount. And Uber was actually cheaper where they they said regular Lyft was always cheaper than Uber. So I don't know if they're baking in a price increase to, to try to recoup some of that money that they're giving Chase or what. But other people have said that they did it and it came out perfectly 15% cheaper than they saw on Uber or regular Lyft. So I don't know if it's you know certain areas, certain times or whatever, but I know we did get uh, several data points that said that Lyft Pink is more expensive than it used to be and it's more expensive than regular Uber. So they're kind of that 15% off isn't really 15% off. But we need more data points just to make sure it's legit and uh, then we can write something up about it. I've completely ignored the whole Chase Sapphire Reserve and Lyft partnership thing so far. So is that what they were offering yeah. for free or is it another thing? Yeah, you get um, with the increased fee on the reserve, you get Lyft Pink, which, which is a membership that gives you um, like free scooters, like a couple free scooters a, a month. And then the big thing is it gives you 15% off all Lyft rides. So you're supposed to get like a different pricing if you're a Lyft Pink member, um, which should be 15% cheaper than the regular Lyft rate. Um, which should make it also cheaper than Uber. But some people are saying they're not noticing that difference. Like Lyft Pink is charging more originally and then taking 15% off. And like regular Lyft is cheaper, actually. So they're getting kind of shafted on it in that case. Wow, I cannot wait to give Chase my extra $100 now. <laughs> we get $60 in Uber, or not Uber, uh, um, Grubhub credit. Oh, yeah, that's right. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, all these great things. So, $100 yeah. for 60 bucks off. Sounds like a deal. Yes. Yes. So, yeah, if you have any data points, email Mark, mark at milestomemories.com because I know he's collecting those and yeah, we'll report back on uh, on that. And uh, yeah, let's move on to the rapid fire. Uh, mark, start us off. Uh, so, you know, every year, basically every hotel chain goes through a period where they raise the rates on some hotels, drop them on other ones for the award pricing. Uh, they changed the tiers. Wyndham is the first one to come out with it this year. 800 hotels are changing tiers on February 11th. So make sure if you have anything upcoming to check and see if the price will be going up. If it's going up, book it before then because you can lock in the, the cheaper rate. Since they've come out with the, they went from 15,000 points for all rooms to now it's 7,500, 15,000 or 30,000. I'm sure whatever value was left in the 15,000 is going to 30,000. So if you had a couple of sweet spots, I would check those, make sure to book them. Knowing Wyndham, there's going to be nothing left of value. So burn those points. And there, I mean, it's really lame that they're not releasing the list of hotels that's going to change so that you can't book them ahead of time. I mean, that's really, really, I'm sorry. That true, yeah. That's, that's messed up. I mean, they, they, it is nice of them. They say that if you book now and then the, and the hotel goes down, they'll refund your points. But them hiding. Sure they will. Sure they will. Well, yeah, let's see if that works. <laughs> You'll have to rebook it yourself, I'm sure. But them hiding the uh, the hotels until the till the change is just, I don't know, it's not customer friendly, but uh, that's what they did. They, re- they announced all of this stuff and they didn't announce the hotels that are actually changing. Just a bunch of numbers on how many are going up and how many are going down. The um, theme continues. Wyndham, yeah. Wyndham being unfriendly. No way. <laughs> there you go. And uh, all right, so I'll move on to the next thing. Another bad, bad news thing in the travel realm. Uh, Singapore Airlines is now charging fee to hold award space. And this is kind of new. 
previously, so Singapore Airlines is a is a transfer partner of all of the major bank loyalty programs. And so the one kind of drawback of them, though, is that if you're transferring points from any of the programs like Ultimate Rewards or Membership Rewards um, or Thank You, it takes a couple of days for the points to post in your Singapore Airlines account. And it used to be that you could call Singapore Airlines and they would put an award on hold for you and they would do it as a courtesy for free and while you waited for those points to come in. And now they're now, uh, Ryan actually discovered this and wrote about it on Miles to Memories that now they're charging a $25 fee to hold the award uh, as long as it's bookable right then. So if there's no issue other than you just not having the miles in your account, they're going to charge you $25, although they will hold the award for up to four months, which is kind of a good thing. So you get something, you take something away. But yeah, from now on, if you want to hold an award with Singapore Air, $25 US for a four-month hold. That's not too bad. I, I can envision like a scenario where, you know, say there's only three seats open, but I need five. I'll hold three for $75 for four months to hope the other two open up. I'd risk that. Yeah, yeah I don't, that's a good point. I don't think it's terrible. And uh, yeah, like I said, it's there, it is a sort of a flexible hold and it gives you some time to figure stuff out more than just transferring in stuff. So yeah, I think it's, you know, it's always sad to see something that didn't cost anything cost something now, but it's not the worst thing I have ever seen. And uh, Joe, uh, you got a nice little offer to talk about, right? Yeah, so I received a email on my inbox, I think, or I know linked to my Chase Sapphire Reserve card. And I saw, you know, after that happened, before we recorded, you know, a couple of blogs posts that it is probably targeted. I'm curious after I'm done reading this, whether you guys got it, but simple email, it said, save some time in your busy life with your contact list Chase Visa credit card, tap to pay three times from January 30th through February 29th, 2020, and receive 500 points when each purchase is $1.75 or more. Yeah, so it's like 500 points for like $6 in spending. So, you know, that's 80x. Wow, amazing. That's what should, the headline should be. But anyway, 80, it's a simple way to get... 83x. Yes, thank you, Mark. But that's a simple way to get uh, the 500 points. So, you know, I mean, better than a kick in the head. Did you guys uh, get that email? No, I did not. At least I haven't seen it. I just searched for contactless and I didn't, I don't have it. So yeah, unfortunately it's just you, Joe, or fortunately, 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 (laughs) the 83X. I mean, you can't beat that. That's a great, that's a title waiting to be written. Uh, Clickbait. (laughs) Yup. Mark, close this out. Uh, Yeah. So the last one is um, Chase has started to send out the 1099s for referrals. Um, So if you are filing taxes, if you're one of the people that likes to file them early, and you did have a couple Chase referrals, you might want to wait on that. Uh, they're doing it at one cent a point. Um, so I'm sure Amex will be right behind them sending those out too. So you should see it from both of those because they sent them out last year and they're doing it again this year, unfortunately. <sighs> and one thing on that is I got mine yesterday and it was in like a completely nondescript envelope and I almost threw it out because I thought it was one of those APR offers. So Open up your mail from Chase in the next oh, week great. or two. I'm going to throw mine out to you. <laughs> I don't Sorry. think the IRS cares. <laughs> that's not an excuse. The dog ate well, my that's why I'm warning people. Yeah. All right. And before we close out, Mark has a lovely story that he just wants to tell everybody. I wait. <laughs> I wait with bated breath. So I don't know. Have you guys ever uh, upgraded your RAM on a laptop at all? Are you guys computer? Yes. Yeah, yes, you have. We're both nerds. Okay, yes, we're both so, cool. So all yes, the nerd, all the nerds out there will probably laugh at me because this is my first time doing it. So I'm kind of proud of myself. I wanted to pat myself on the back, but I upgraded my laptop to 20 gigs, and it was really easy. I watched a YouTube video, so I, I assumed it was going to be easy, except for the 
getting the back of the laptop off. Have you guys ever struggled with that? Apple or PC? PC. Okay. Uh, no, never struggled with it. Not a loser. <laughs> well, I don't know if mine was like super click because you know they have like those click things where you have to pop them off and stuff. And so I take all the screws out and I flip it over and I'm I'm trying to get the back off and it's not coming out and I can't get my fingers in there. I can't get a thing. So I watch a video and this guy's using like a guitar pick and I'm like, hey, that's genius, but I, I don't have a guitar pick. So what the heck am I going to do? So I grab my wife's uh, brand new Chase Sapphire <laughs> preferred car. <laughs> Because I didn't want to grab mine because I had a feeling that it might get uh, damaged while I was <laughs> doing this. Of course. Up, yeah. <laughs> so I grabbed hers and I started working with that. And lo and behold, the whole uh, corner got all jacked up. <laughs> but it got me in there a little bit. And then I was like, why am I doing this to a beautiful card? So I went and grabbed uh, my American Airlines business card that I just canceled today. And That's I right. just I tore, the, it. <laughs> yeah, I, I tore the crap out of it. But it opened up. Um, the back of the computer. So one more thing that credit cards are good for, I guess, uh, using it as a tool to pry your laptop open. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'm just glad yeah. I didn't cut it up first. I didn't cut it I up. I mean, the, the trick really is like you have to kind of not be afraid to use force sometimes. And that's the scary thing when you're yeah. working with the computer and stuff. The computer plus your screens right there. And uh, now you got so, 20 gigs of RAM, though. You're, you're yes. rocking it. Now I can have like 47 tabs open at the same time without issues. So seems like an excessive amount of RAM. Actually, <laughs> yeah, I was thinking that when he posted there. I'm like, getting you couldn't have stopped at 16, but no, no, he went well, for 20. It was like it was like 10 more bucks to go to to 16 because it's got four gigabytes built in. So I was like, oh, should I just buy eight? And then it was like 10 or 15 more bucks to just go to 16. So I said, whatever, maybe I won't drop out of the podcast anymore because my internet always drops. So maybe it was maybe you know a, you know Ram, Ram doesn't thing. have anything to do with no, the <laughs> no I don't maybe it's because my computer was just like struggling to work through it and that's why I dropped. Maybe it had when, nothing to do with my internet. When that's you, not how the internet works, but okay. <laughs> but, <laughs> when you finished installing everything, did you like grunt and beat your chest and go outside and celebrate or just I definitely uh, patted myself on the back. No, I, I held my breath until I plugged it back in and turned it on and once I saw the screen light up, I was like, yeah, I'm it's the always man. A, it's always I'm a the man. moment when you tear apart <laughs> electronics and then you plug it all back in, hoping it all works. And it actually does. Yeah. All right. Well, congratulations on your my 20. Fa- my wife wasn't around. around to like to for me to beat my chest in front of her, but I would have. Yeah. You got to <laughs> like Tim the Toolman Taylor style. Yeah. He's from Michigan. Michigan. I know. Yes. Michigan. I used to love that show. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's close this out. Uh, yes, it's please. Been a, been a fantastic show. And uh, Joe, when people are not listening to you on the Miles Memories podcast, where can they find you during the week? Uh, you can find me at As a Joe Flies on social media, podcasting, serocityobservationdeck.com. That's my Miles and Points podcast. You can also, if you are looking to plan a Disney vacation, check me out at disneydecipher.com. And I just started a new newsletter because I don't feel like blogging anymore. You can find that at tinyletter.com slash as the Joe flies. Mark, you can email me at mark at miles to memories.com. Send me all those uh, lift inquiries or let me know if you're seeing lift pink is more expensive. Uh, you can find me at miles to memories on the website. Just comment on any of my articles. You can find me drinking beer in New Orleans in a week and a half. I'm very excited for that. So I hope to see all of you there. And that's about it. How about you, Sean? You can find me still searching for flights to New Orleans uh, as we speak. Uh, but uh, on our, you can find us on our Facebook groups. We have our reselling Facebook group, Disney Hacks Facebook group, and our Miles and Points Facebook group. We have a really big announcement Mark and I do later this week. So look for that on the website, on the Facebook group. And uh, 
yeah uh, see you guys around and uh, interact with us during the week and uh, see you next week have to like cancel that reservation everybody's backing out yeah <sighs> okay. i haven't backed out yet but i mean going to biloxi kind of sounds fun and I've no, never seen dinner in new orleans sounds fun with people <laughs> with, with only mark <laughs> on a sad little table table of one and if you're doing the math that's like i can't do the math that fast 80x no 8x no 80x mark you're the math guy what is it I wasn't listening to you. <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. All right, let me redo that. Much like the Fast and the Furious 9 teaser trailer, this episode has been a teaser for another teaser. In yes. The <laughs> but you'll know what the news is. 9 is coming out? I haven't seen that yet. I'll have to check oh, that out. Oh, yeah. The trailer for the trailer dropped today. So oh, nice. check that out. All right. See you all later. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.